Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hello, ladies. It's like family. Hello, these little gifts are my eyes went right to you. <laughs> I love you, precious ladies. Let me look at you. It's so good to be here. Coming here is so refreshing to my soul. I don't know about you, but I don't get to come very often. I usually work on Tuesday evenings, but not in the summer. So I'm here. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'll be back next month. <laughs> this is so awesome. Um, I just want to pray, and we're just gonna. I'm just gonna share with the Lord from my heart, but I just want to begin with prayer. It's so hard to like come out of those beautiful times of worship, ladies. Thank you so much. It ministered to my soul. We love you, Jesus. We came here to see and to talk to you, Jesus. Corporately, yes, together. There's such a sweet unity with everybody's got their attention on Jesus. So, Father, we just thank you for being in our midst. We thank you for your precious word, for the way that you love us and the way that you show up in every season and every moment, Father. And I just speak that tonight is a divine appointment with you, Father. We've made an appointment with your word. We've made an appointment with your presence, God. And we didn't come here by accident. These Tuesday evenings are set aside sacred unto the Lord, Father. This is a gathering for hungry women, Father. And you do not send away hungry hearts unfed. So we thank you for fresh bread being laid out before us. We thank you for fresh water to drink, Lord, that you nurture our souls tonight like you've nurtured us with your presence as we worship you, Father. We just continue in worship as we receive the word. I speak that the Holy Spirit would be ministering to hearts in this room, that as words are coming out of my mouth, rhema is coming out of the mouth of Holy Spirit to the hearts of his daughters. I thank you, Father, that ears are open afresh tonight, that our eyes are open afresh to what it is that you are saying and doing, Lord. I thank you for the privilege of getting to hear your voice. I yield my mouth to you. May the Holy Spirit use me to speak through me. May the word of God go forth and may it accomplish what you have released it to do. We speak harvest over the word of God, that it will not lay dormant in hearts, but it will produce, it will produce, Father, a hundredfold in every life of your daughter. And as we walk away from these nights, nights like this, set aside sacred times with you, Father, that we would experience harvest. We thank you, Jesus. We just enjoy your presence, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Ladies, oh, it's so good to be here. I'm just excited, y'all. You can go home right now, and I'd be happy. <laughs> um, so, I, 
uh, just if you don't know me, just quickly. So my name is Antoinette. I am from Victory Life Church in Sherman. I have been there. It'll be 20 years, I think, this year. Uh, Victory Life Church in Sherman is my home. And I, I have, I knew at a young age I would serve this house in some capacity for the rest of my life. I just felt called to our house. And so I've celebrated a year as a pastor at Victory Life Sherman in May. I was so excited. It was awesome. It was a dream to fill, and it's a privilege and an honor to get to serve that house. I take being a pastor at Victory Life Sherman seriously. It's dear to my heart, and the people there, and the women there are dear to my heart. And like you, women, I know many of you just from being at Victory for so long, and, and our paths crossing, and precious friends I've traveled the world with, Miss Veronica, and people I've just lived life with. So it feels like coming home, coming here. Um, I have, let's see, I'm married to a sweet, sweet, precious man. His name is Tucker Max. Uh, well, don't call him Tucker Max. I'll be weird. <laughs> His name's Tucker. But um, Tucker Max is my sweetheart. We have two baby girls. One is six, and one is about to be two. And so that is our season. It's pure chaos and emotions at our house. It's, it's nuts. That's, that's the world we live in right now. Um, and we don't sleep. So, yeah, we just don't sleep. That's okay. <laughs> But um, that pretty much marks the season of my life. We've just been, in the past year, adjusting to a different kind of life, having started serving ministry and, and the way that's reshaped our family dynamic. And my daughter started kindergarten was a big deal. So that's been, that's been our season of life. Um, but so I heard that over the past, I just want to get to the word. Is that enough about me? <laughs> we, know, we, we know each other now. Um, I, I heard that while we're sharing over the past couple of weeks, that you met here on the love of God. That was what I heard was a theme, that it was a continued theme. And tonight, what immediately came to my heart when Paige reached out to me about speaking was Psalm 25, 14. So that's going to be where we go tonight. And we're going to follow up Psalm 25, 14 with Psalm 27, 4. So we've got two places that we're going to be. But what the Lord showed me for tonight immediately was Psalm 25, 14. 14, and we'll get to that in a moment, but basically it's pointing to what rhema is, the rhema word of God. We're going to talk tonight about the rhema word of God, and what I believe, if you don't know what rhema means, rhema in the Greek just means the spoken word of God. We have our, I don't have my physical phone naked without it, but our physical Bible, the written word, that's the logos word of God. But when we put the Logos Word of God into our hearts and minds on a regular basis, the Holy Spirit breathes on that Word, and it comes alive to us. It begins to burn. It begins to transform us. It comes alive. And that is what we call rhema. The rhema, the spoken word, or the revelation of the Word of God. Rhema literally means utterance. It's the Father's utterance. When you sit down with the Logos Word, and you're reading his word and you are hiding it in your heart. Father partners with you in those moments. And he begins to speak his rhema word. And in my mind, the greatest benefit of his love, of being loved by God, the greatest benefit that we have is that we are privileged to get to hear his voice. We're privileged to get to hear the Lord's voice. We are blessed with getting to hear him, getting to discern and to know his heart. There is nothing sweeter, I am convinced, in the universe, nothing sweeter in existence 
than the voice of the Father. I think about my husband. If you don't know my husband, my husband's very reserved. He's fairly quiet. And when I look at our marriage and think about our relationship, what I love about being loved by my husband is that I am admitted to his voice. I get to hear him. He doesn't talk to everybody. He would stand in this room and not say a word the whole hour. <laughs> he doesn't need He doesn't feel compelled to talk. But I get to know his voice. I get to spend time with him. I know his humor. I know the tone of his voice. I know how he inflexes when he speaks a sentence. I know exactly his vocabulary. I know what he would say before he even says it. I'm so familiar with his voice. And I'm one of the few that gets the privilege of getting to enjoy his voice. Well, you are called to get to enjoy the voice of Abba. He has called you to himself, his bride, and you get to enjoy his voice. You get to learn the tone of his voice, his inflex when he speaks. You get to learn his vocabulary, what he thinks, feels, and what is on his heart. And that's our privilege. To me, that's, that has become the thing I hunger for. His word, his raiment, is bread to us. Jesus said, I don't live by anything but the bread of the Father, or I, the bread of heaven, the bread of God's spoken word. Nothing natural. No natural bread. No natural anything. I don't live by my titles. I don't live by my relationships. I don't live by my stuff. I live by the rain of the bread of the Father. And that's what I want us to talk about tonight. What a privilege. I'm not going to share anything new with you tonight. We're just going to corporately meditate on the goodness of the word of God. Amen? The church needs to hunger for his word. His word is going to be the only thing that sustains us through struggle, that sustains us through, through trial. It's going to bring victory in our lives. What the world is experiencing right now, the turbulence in the world, that's not our reality. Our reality is that we live in the rhema word of the Father. That is our reality. And we have to be faithful to feast on the reality that is in Jesus Christ. That every promise in the word of God to us, to you, is yes and amen. You have access through Christ Jesus to every good thing pertaining to life and godliness, and we need to be feeding on this word so that rhema can start igniting on the inside of us. I don't want to just read my word so that I can check off my daily Bible. <laughs> I don't just want to get through the logos. I'm going to feast when I sit in front of the word. I'm going to receive rhema. We have to be determined, focused in such a way that I'm not getting up from this table, Lord, to be I don't want to just read. I want you to speak. I want your voice. And he's speaking all the time. And ladies, something that makes me so angry <laughs> at the enemy, it's a righteous anger at the enemy, It's this lie that I keep encountering everywhere that I go, everywhere that I go, this lie that the people of God struggle with, that they don't hear very well, or that so-and-so hears better. And I wish I could hear well. I wish I could discern God's voice in my life. I wish I could hear him like that pastor seems to, or like all the podcast people I listen to, or like Joyce Meyer does, or how Bill Johnson does. I wish I could hear the Lord like so-and-so does. I just want to hear him. And that lie that we so easily, I mean, it's just it's the nature of us. We partner with this lie that somebody else hears better than we do. 
that we don't have the capacity to hear with clarity in our lives. And I want you to know, we have to recognize that for what it is. That's a lie. That is a lie. You have been equipped with the finished work of Christ, the cross of Christ, the blood of Jesus, because of what he has accomplished on our behalf. We have admittance to the presence of the Father. And in the presence of the Father is his word. It's his word. He has fully equipped you by his spirit and his blood to hear his voice and to discern it clearly. So we have to begin to take down that stronghold that you don't hear him well, or that you can't hear him over a certain circumstance, or you can't hear him in a certain season, and oh, his voice, I can't hear, he's quiet now. The Lord, the Word says, the Word's perpetually leaving his mouth. He's perpetually, continually speaking. And we have the ability to discern his yes and his no. We have the ability to discern his left from his right by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Word says that the Holy Spirit will be unto you like a voice from behind telling you to turn left or right, constantly speaking and giving direction. So I want to right now, before we move any further, and we close our eyes. Let's go ahead and close our eyes. If you have struggled, if you, if you have partnered with a lie that you cannot hear the voice of the Lord, that he speaks more clearly to so-and-so, that you wish you could hear him like Pastor whoever, or like evangelist, whoever. Right now, I speak that that lie over hearts and minds would be broken in the name of Jesus. That we would step into the fullness of our inheritance, which is shaped by the fact that we hear you, Father. All of the promises of the kingdom hinge on this one thing, that we can hear your voice. So, Father, I speak over this house of women into a generation, that this would be a generation of women that hear you clearly, that discern your yes from your no, that can discern your seasons because we know your heart, a women that can discern what is in your heart, the content and the direction of your heart, and that you're speaking to us perpetually, Father. Open our inner ear. Let us hear you, Father. You said that your sheep hear your voice, and they will not follow another. You declare that truth, that that is our reality now, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, that we hear you. I thank you, Lord, that these women are going to get slammed with the of word in these next few weeks. They're going to be drawn by the Holy Spirit out of bed in the middle of the night because the Lord wants to speak to them. I thank you, Father, you're going to meet them on their, on their commutes, Father. You're going to meet them in the midst of changing diapers. You're going to meet them in the middle of conversations with their spouses or when they're at the workplace. They're going to begin to discern you, and it's going to be like fireworks going off on the inside of them. Rhema word in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. The way that we receive rhema, you can open your eyes, is by hiding the logos in our heart. Thankfully, eating at that table every day, every opportunity that we get, and there is no condemnation in you figuring out that schedule. We all have to figure out that schedule, and that's a wrestling match in and of itself. And when we're going to sit at the table and receive of the words of the Lord speaks, the, the Holy Spirit is so faithful in partnering with us and showing us how to make that a part of our daily lives, how to eat. You've got to eat. You can't go a day without eating natural food. I don't want to go a moment without chewing on his word. I want his word continually. I'm hungry. And we got to stir up that hunger. Hunger is not automatic. 
anything you want in the kingdom. It's not automatic. Everything's been paid for, and everything's accessible. But we have to hunger, and we have to seek, and we have to go after. I love that, that scripture that says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the honor of kings to search it out. You are kings. The word calls us a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are kings. And we have the invitation to go and to seek out, to dig out the word. In my life, it's become the funnest part of my life. I love sitting down with God's word and letting him breathe on it and make it alive to me. Revelation is the best part. I look forward to it every day. Any opportunity I can seize. And I'm right there with you, ladies. I've got babies. It's hard to navigate when to be alone with them. And I get interrupted all the time. Like, girls, or my husband, like, get out. Like, don't leave me alone. I'm trying to be with Jesus. That's why I love when I'm in the car by myself. It's like, oh, God, finally. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is faithful for busy women to show us when we get to peace. And help. we have to be real good at seizing those opportunities. Because sometimes people tell you, oh, it's time to eat. And if you don't seize the moment, it might pass. But more will come. That's a part of his graciousness. More will come. There's always moments to seize with him. I love that in scripture, like when it says that the Lord created the heavens and the earth, he created all things. It doesn't say he created them with his power. It doesn't say he created everything with his love or with his face or with his presence or with his hand. He created all things with his word. He treasures his word, and he upholds his word. And he's faithful to perform whatever his word says. The Lord delights in his word, and he delights in filling clay pots, clay vessels, with the riches of his kingdom, with the treasure. We hold this treasure in earthen vessel. That's the, the rhema word of Anybody hungry to spend some time with the Lord? If you get nothing else out of tonight, I want you to walk away like, Lord, forget what she's saying. I need to go spend some time with Jesus. If I get to go sit in Sonic and just be alone, like, I just spend some time with Jesus, whatever it looks like. Um, so let's get into this. Let's see. Have I said everything that we say? The Word. One more thing. The Word activates. I think I said this, but I want to read and say The Word activates every promise in our life. Everything hinges on his word. I love Philemon 6. It says, oh, I want to get it right. The communication of our faith is made effectual by acknowledging everything that we have in Christ. It's Philemon 6. The communication of our faith is made effectual or effective by acknowledging everything that we have in Christ. If you want to live a life of victory, if you want your faith to be effective, and you've been called to a life of faith, if you want that faith to be effective, and your ability to communicate it, to live out your faith, if you want it to be effective, we have to be continually acknowledging everything that's been made available to us through Christ Jesus. And that looks like hiding logos in our hearts over and over, and letting him set fire to that logos and make it rain a word. The rhema word, that means he's revealing to me his character. He's revealing to me what he's really like, what he cares about, what he desires. When I'm at Walmart and I start a conversation with a woman, um, and I, you, know, you just already feel like, I want to minister. The Lord wants me to minister to this person in front of me. In those moments, we need the voice of the Holy Spirit, and we need the rhema word. 
You can't be coming to these moments because the Lord is going to call you to put your hand to things. And we don't want to show up empty-handed. The thing that we need is the Word of God on the inside of us. Yes, we are to be consumed with His presence and find ourselves in His presence. But He leads us and draws us with His presence to point us to His Word because ultimately He wants you to be a vessel for His voice. He wants you to speak that which He is speaking in heaven so that what is being done in heaven can be released on the earth. That's through finding your voices. That's through us speaking and coming into agreement with His Word and then acting and acting faithful to it. Psalm, let's see. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. We talked about that. Psalm 25, 14. Let's go there. Oh, you know what? No. There is one more thing. We prayed about this. That's why it turned me off. That prayer that we prayed about what angers me, um, that lie that you can't clearly discern the voice of the Lord. That lie has been going on since the garden. The enemy questioned Eve's ability to discern the voice of God. He questioned her ability to hear him clearly. And that's the same thing the enemy's been doing generation after generation. We cannot afford to have questions about whether or not we hear him. We've got too much work to do. We have to let that be settled. And it's it's only a matter of faith. It's all it's a matter of faith and practice of walking out relationships. There are gonna be times when you act on a thing you believe that you've heard and maybe you get it wrong. But that's okay. There's grace for that. You just continue and you practice responding to the voice of the Lord. And it's always an act of faith. And when there's faith, there's risk involved. That's just the reality of what we've been called to. It's a risky business. And a lot of people don't want to take risks. They want to stay in the boat. And that's why we don't get a whole lot done. We need to get a whole lot done by responding to the call of the voice of the Lord. And that requires stepping out in faith. I love that I've heard this before, that when Peter stepped out of the boat, he wasn't stepping out on the water. He was stepping out on Jesus' word, come. He asked the Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come, it's me. And Peter stepped out of, out of that boat onto the word, onto what the Lord had spoken. And that is what sustained him in walking on water. God has called this body of women to be water walkers. And it's going to look like responding to him in faith, taking kingdom risks, and realizing that there's grace for mistake. There's grace for getting it wrong. And there is power in responding to him in faith. Usually I've found when I mess up, if I get it wrong, he fixes it. He's so good. If your heart is turned toward him, that I want to do what he says, I want to obey him, you will find yourself in the right places at the right time, on every time. If your heart is turned toward him, you will be in the right place at the right time. Amen? Amen. Now, let's get to Psalm 25, 14. I'm going to read Psalm 25, 14 in the Passion Translation because it's so beautiful. I love the Passion Translation. Um, I'll go ahead and read it out loud, and then we're going to take some pieces out of it, okay? So it says, there is a private place reserved. Everybody say reserved. For the devoted lovers of Yahweh, where they sit near him and they receive the revelation secret. Say revelation secret of his promises. Now I'm going to read that again and I want you to let it see again. Psalm 25, 14. It says, There is a private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh where they sit near him. Hmm. Let that sink in. 
and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. Isn't that beautiful? It's a beautiful invitation. I love this translation because I like that word reserved. Your space in the Father's presence, your space at his table, the place where he's speaking from, your space is reserved. That means there's no condemnation in whether or not you made it to time with him today because your space is reserved. He doesn't kick you out of his room, out of his space, because he didn't show up. Your space is reserved. That also means nobody else can have your spot. That means nobody else can take your place at his table. Your place is reserved. Yeah. Amen? Amen? That gives me, oh, that gives you boldness. When you know, man, nobody's got a corner on Holy Spirit. Nobody's got an advantage with the Lord that I don't have. Christ Jesus has reserved your spot in his blood and your name is on it. What's awesome about his table is everybody's right beside him. Everybody sits right beside the Lord. I can't explain it if physically makes sense, but we all get to sit right beside him. Your place beside him is reserved. It's only yours and nobody can take it. And it's always, 24-7, always available. Amen? Yeah. I love also this word. You don't, I don't think it's in the other translations. There's a private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh. Isn't that beautiful? Anybody hungry to just be in love with him? You just want to love him more. I want to love him more. I know that my love doesn't match the greatness of his love, but I desire every day to love him more. God, let me love you more. Remove all the excess, all the distractions, all the other loves, and let me love you more. That's my constant prayer. That's why I love that psalm that says, search me and know me. If there's anything in me you don't like, Father, deal with it. Because I want the capacity to love you with my whole being. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and strength. That's my prayer every day, Lord. Empower me to do that. Because of Holy Spirit, we have the capacity to do that. We have the capacity to, to walk this life and move from glory to glory. Be transformed into the likeness of his dear son. As we're transformed into Christ, what I love about Jesus is he loves his father perfectly. Yeah. They love each other perfectly. So as we are transformed into the likeness of Christ, we can love him. We, have, we are given the capacity through Jesus to love God perfectly. The way he deserves and is worthy to be loved. And that's, to me, that it's like it doesn't matter what you do. Have you ever thought about like we have a general calling and we have a specific calling? We all in this room share the same general callings and our general callings are written all throughout scripture. One of our general callings is go into all the world and make disciples. That's the same call for everybody in this room. We're all called to go make disciples. There's no pastor or evangelist that's called to make disciples more than you are. You're called to make disciples. That's one of our general callings. One of our general callings is to minister to the Father, to minister to Him, to love on Him. And that is what we've been equipped to do through Holy Spirit, through the finished work of Jesus Christ. When it comes to the specific things, what that looks like in your daily life, what that looks like live, those things, they fall into place, I have found, when you prioritize the general callings, when you prioritize the presence, when you prioritize ministry to him, when you prioritize making disciples, the specific things will begin to fall into place. 
you have put your place, yourself in a place of obedience in such a way that you are surrendered, that the Father easily, he can easily speak to you the specifics for your life. And the specific details of your life, of what you're to do, what you're to put your hand to, the when, the where, the how, the who, with, those things are rhema. It's the rhema, the spoken word of the Lord. And as we feed on relationship with him, we begin to more easily discern his direction for our lives. Amen? Lovers. When we're lovers, when we, we go to him, y'all, we all struggle with this. We have, we're all distracted. We're all dealing with other loves. That we have to go to him daily and we yield them. We daily surrender them. Pride can be a love. Uh, your calling can become a love. You can begin to worship the things that he's called you to. You can begin to worship your gifts. You can begin to worship your relationships. These are all things that we continually have to daily wake up and lay down before the Lord and closely surrender. But I want to be a lover of God. Anybody want to be a lover of the Lord? Amen. No other loves, Father. That's our prayer. And the last thing I love in this particular verse is the revelation secrets. That's what we're talking about tonight. The rhema word. And you get to sit in his presence and receive his revelation secrets. Man, there's, I just think just nothing better. I just cannot say anything that I would want to do more than to sit with the Father and hear him speak. And that is something we can cultivate with him. I love, um, my pastor is doing a series right now on spiritual disciplines. Uh, meditating on the word, reading the word, praying, praying in the spirit, worship. These are things that train our hearts to come into a place of receiving his reign. When we're engaging in worship like we did tonight, revelation was coming off this stage like crazy. All that prophetic worship, that's rhema. That spontaneous worship, that's an impartation of rhema and revelation of his character, revelation of his nature, revelation of his heart's desires. And when we put ourselves in a position to engage with these spiritual disciplines, we are positioning ourselves to receive revelation. And revelation is your bread. So we need to be doing that continually so we're not walking around uh, spiritually starved. Amen? We have to be training ourselves to receive the rhema word of God. And we can do that through the disciplines. Absolutely. I mean, that's the way. That's the way to engage us. We worship, meditating on the word. We pray in the spirit. Praying and interceding for others. Praying his word out loud. That is an avenue for training our hearts and minds to begin to feed on the rhema word of God. Amen? So now I want us to look at Psalm 27, 4. I love this. I have no idea about time. <laughs> we good? Okay. So we're going to go through Psalm 27 for and then we'll close, okay? But there's some goodies in here, and I want you to get, this is one of my favorite verses. I go to this one all the time, so I feel like I'm cheating because I'm just preaching the same message over and over. Psalm 27 4. But that's because it's revelation to me. It's gone off on the inside of me, and I feel like if other people can get Psalm 27 4, their lives can be transformed. And they had no other scripture in the Bible. If you get Psalm 27.4, it's life transforming. That's what I believe. The Psalm 27.4, it says, One thing, everybody say one thing. One thing. Have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell, everybody say dwell, dwell. in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold, everybody say behold, behold. the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire, say inquire, inquire. in his temple. I'm going to read it again so it's all one smooth sentence. 
One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. I love that David says one thing, and then he lists three things. <laughs> okay, David, can't count. That's all right. So, one thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. So David is a man, a man after God's own heart. I always say this is the secret sauce. David is sharing a secret sauce of a life of revelation, of a life of relationship with Jesus. What does it look like? David gives us an insight. And David, man, he's, I mean, he's, uh, what's the word? He stands alone in the Old Testament. I mean, there's several of them. But, I mean, if you think about the whole, all of creation, Prior to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, before the cross, David kind of stands alone in his revelation of relationship with the Lord. This side of the cross, we get to enjoy complete relationship with Father. There's no separation between us because Jesus has torn the veil of separation. We get to enter into complete and full relationship with Jesus Christ. We have admittance into the manifest presence of God. We get to go into his presence and not die. Hallelujah! Yes! It's something to rejoice over. That's been made possible by the finished work of Christ Jesus. David didn't have that, but he's got revelation. He's got some rhema. He spent some time with the Lord, and we get to read about that rhema all the time in his songs, his personal journal. And in Psalm 27, 4, I believe this is David's secret, that he's desired one thing. Everybody say it again, one thing. There's power in making God your one thing. Not just one of your things, but your one thing. I don't have my job, my husband, my kids, my God, my career. I have one thing. And if he is my one thing, then all of those other things fall into place. It's having no other lovers. I don't want to have any other lovers. And that's something that has to be cultivated that doesn't come natural. We have to train ourselves to love one to love one because by our fallen nature we're so easily distracted. We love everything. We grasp and after everything. The fallen man is a grasper. Our fallen nature grasps after everything. He's greedy and he's fearful. So our fallen nature grasps and tries to grab everything. Our spirit man has one thing. And that's all our spirit man needs. And we can walk after the spirit and not fulfill the desires of our flesh. We can truly live desiring one thing. And that's something we cultivate. We train ourselves. We're, we're not perfect in this. I don't believe that we will be until we're glorified. But in this lifetime, that can become our single pursuit. That I'm going to train my heart and my mind to want one thing. And that looks like that continued time with the Father. So, let's look at the rest of the psalm because there's goodness. There's some secrets from Pastor David. I love this word, dwell. This is one of his secrets. I dwell with him. I dwell with the Lord all the time. The word dwell means to remain with. And like I said, this is a, it's a training. It's a practice. I, I tell people, like, if you have to set an alarm to remind yourself to spend time with Jesus, you do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get in his presence. Whatever it takes to remind yourself to engage with his word, we do it. That's a sacrifice to make. Whatever it costs. I'm willing to pay whatever it costs for his voice. Whatever it requires for me to get in a place where I can hear him. Because sometimes life is just noisy. So it may cost us laying down our phones. It may cost me turning off Netflix. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> it may cost me finding space to get alone. It may cost me getting up really early so I can beat my children awake so that I can get time with them alone. It may cost me something, but I'm going to dwell with him. I'm going to remain with him, to linger with him. And as we linger with him and we begin to enjoy his presence, enjoy his word, that's where transformation happens. It's in the remaining at his feet. Remaining at his feet. You know, this is something, too, that's gone up a lot in my heart, is the mystery. We mystify the anointing, what the anointing is. That's why I like to do this. Hey, what is the anointing? <laughs> it's going to come so mystified in the body of Christ. It's like, what is the anointing? How do we get more? How is it? All of these questions that we have. The anointing increases at the feet of Jesus. The anointing comes from sitting at the feet of Jesus. The anointing is for purpose. He gives us his anointing to fulfill his purpose. But if you want to experience the increase of his anointing for the purpose that it's in his feet, that's where the anointing comes from. So when it says, I dwell with him, I make my home at his feet, that's where transformation happens. That's where the anointing increases on your life for the calling that is on you. Because every one of us have a purpose to fulfill and an assignment that we carry, and we need the anointing to do it. If you try to go dry, it's not going to work. We need the heavy anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. And we can go and we can drink from that every day at his feet. Amen? The next word I love is behold. To behold his beauty. I love this word because when I was doing research recently, I found that behold doesn't just mean see. That the word here for behold, this Hebrew word, it's also used interchangeably for prophesy. Think about that. I prophesy his beauty. To prophesy the word beauty. I thought that was a really uh, uh, intriguing thought. Not only do I see, I behold his beauty, I prophesy his beauty. There are going to be times in your life where you feel like you don't have a clear picture of where the Lord is and what he's doing. But if you know the Logos word of God, whether you see him or not, you can begin to prophesy the truth of the word of God. You can release this truth into atmosphere. You may be looking at a person with a, a terrible, heavy uh, medical condition, and the circumstances look like this, and you cannot see God in this. This just looks like that. I cannot see God here. But because I know the Logos word, I've been his Logos in my heart, and it's become rhema. I have revelation that I serve a God who heals. So when I look at a person dealing with a medical condition, I'm not looking at my circumstances or with my natural eyes. I may not even see God in their situation, but because I've hidden the rhema word of God in my heart, I can now speak and release my Father's heart into their situation and see and believe transformation for them. And then, not only do we have to know that we hear Him, you have been called to speak His heart into the earth. Our calling is to prophesy. Moses said, I wish that all would prophesy. I wish that all would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, yay! <laughs> because of Christ Jesus, we have been equipped to prophesy, and we've been filled with the Spirit of the living God. And we can speak God's reality into the earth. We may not be able to see Him, but with our faith eyes, we can see Him, and we can speak His heart, and we can speak His mind into any situation. That's what's been made available to us. Amen? Yes. Amen. And then this last one is to inquire. The word inquire means to simply ask. 
David says, I want to inquire in his temple to ask something that I found recently. Um, just, right, I don't know. I don't know where this came out, actually. But I was teaching on this particular scripture. And in the Old Testament, so we're going to go Old Testament in just a second. In the Old Testament, the high priests who went into the Holy of Holies, you know with me? Yeah. The high priests, they go into the Holy of Holies one time a year to make a sacrifice, to make atonement for the sins of Israel. When they go into the Holy of Holies, or even into the sanctuary, which they went to the sanctuary more often than into the Holy of Holies, in the high priest's breastplate that he wore, there were these two objects that are fascinating and so interesting, called the Urim and the Thummim. Can we all say Urim? And Thummim. <laughs> Anybody heard of these objects? Awesome. Ooh, a fresh crowd. Yes. <laughs> you can read about this in Exodus 28. The Urim and the Thummim. They were objects that were hidden in the high priest's breastplate. And essentially, they were lots that he would cast. The high priest would take these lots and essentially, like a die, you cast them and you learn God's yes or his no. And so kings would go to inquire from the high priest, like David. David would go and inquire for the high priest. He'd ask the high priest, I want you to ask the father, should I go to battle? Will I win? Those are essentially the questions David would ask the high priest. Should I go to battle? Will I win? So the high priest would cast the Urim and the Thummim to get God's yes or his no. And that would be the answer that the high priest would give to David. So he would know, should I go to battle or I win? Well, we have been given something greater than an Urim and a Thummim. Thank God we don't have to walk around with little stuff. That's what I'm saying right now. We have the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you that allows you to discern God's yes and his no. Like we said earlier, it'll be like a voice behind you telling you to turn left or to turn right. These are gifts that the Lord has given us. And I love tw Psalm 27.4 is insight. And how do I begin to walk in and to receive the rhema word of the Lord? I dwell with him. I speak what I've read in the word by prophesying his beauty, prophesying his goodness. And I rest in this revelation that I hear him. I can discern his yes and his no because I have been equipped the same way the high priest was equipped with an urim and a I have been equipped with the Holy Spirit. Amen? That's our reality. God, I pray that and seal this and I don't know what happens with me. But Father, I thank you so much for the reality that we hear you clearly. I thank you, Father, that women are walking away from tonight and they're about to get some supernatural downloads from Jesus. That they're about to just get slammed with some word, with some revelation, that things are going to begin to click in their minds, that word is about to be ignited in their hearts. We thank you for the gift of your voice. There is no sweeter gift in existence, Lord. May we treasure it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 